Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Well, here we are. Also, I had it upside down. Probably upside down. Anyways, welcome to Ghost Chronicles. Again? What? <laughs> Nothing. We're upside down, sorry. We're always upside down. All right, smile. We're on camera. Okay. There you go. Did we come out great? Okay, of course yes. we did. All right, so anyways, welcome to the show, and uh, this is a very special show, because I am lucky I'm sitting to, with two of my favorite people in the world. And it's not a flight. Just <laughs> <laughs> sitting there. Uh, I am speaking with an uh, Englishman uh, who lives in Wales and a Welshman who lives in England, and it's uh, none other than... Dylan Jones and Steve Parsons. Good evening. Yeah, you know, it's radio. you got to say hello. Oh. <laughs> Hi. I'm so, back. All right. So, the, and? Oh, and across the mile away from her. Hello. Uh, I can hear you, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, all the way from uh, East Bridgewater is the blind bombshell herself. Um, and Carrigan. <laughs> He forgot my name, too. Wow. How quickly I am replaced. Okay. I see how it is. Yeah. Wow. Dylan's got a blonde wig on, so I was confused. Oh, all right. Well, that just explains everything. Hey, guys. Hello, Ron. Hello, Dan. He's got a new friend now. Oh, my goodness. I'm off. I'm off the roster, apparently. Okay. And, And me. He's got a new friend to play with. That's because Dylan likes likes everything I post on Facebook. <laughs> it, what it what it is, Anne? It's because he's we've grown tired and jaded and worn out of. Oh, uh, yeah. It, yeah. It doesn't work on us anymore. Oh, uh, all right. So now so he has Dylan. He, he's got somebody else to talk. And, and the I thing is, you know. You know I just didn't get the puzzle I wanted, so I'm really upset. You did, <laughs> One of my battles, Steve, I got a puzzle of a castle. A puzzle of a castle. A palace. A palace. Oh, yeah, it's, a, it's not even a castle. It's a palace. A castle. Uh-huh. With- I have no idea what you're talking about. Have you guys been to the pub already? No. <laughs> we wish. Oh, you wish. I bet, I bet Steve and Dylan wish. Ungrateful. So, anyways... <laughs> So anyways, when I, when I mentioned the show, I, I mentioned that uh, Steve was from Wales. Um, no, he lives in Wales and, and comes from England. And uh, Dylan was from, comes from Wales and lives in England. Did I say that right? That's right. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, and I asked him, I says, why, why is that? I says, you guys, you know, how to get out of your own countries or, or what? And you said, what, Dylan? The answer is we moved for love. For love. For was love. that so sweet? Is, is, that, is that what you moved to, Steve? Taxation. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, you've already screwed up uh, your relationship with your wife <laughs> at the airport <laughs> on the last. Oh. <laughs> How did I do that? Oh, maybe mention a few things that <laughs> really? you mentioned on the air. Yeah, yeah. So good. <laughs> and this was your opportunity to uh, smooth Steve. It up. 
Steve, yes. it's your anniversary, dear. I know. We had a great three days in London. Yes. When he was and on then, the and then you ruined it at the airport? Is that what happened? I have no recollection. Really? <laughs> okay. You know, I think I need to friend your wife. <laughs> I think I do. Go ahead. All right. Yeah, so that sounded like a challenge. No, I mean, <laughs> I'm actually surprised that you're not already on her friends list. Really? Genuinely surprised. She's oh, a woman. Yeah. Women don't friend other women if they find them challenging. Dylan clicks like on everything. Yeah, that's Dylan. You know, Dylan's Dylan. I'm sociable. Yeah, he's sociable. He's like, he's like, in fact, this morning as we were getting ready to go, um, I'd woken up early. And Kat was still in bed, and she came to. She thought, oh, "What time is it?" And then she said, uh, "I think it's about half past quarter to six. And I said, uh, "Well, she, Dylan's awake. He clicked like on your post twenty-seven minutes ago." <laughs> <laughs> so whose tea is that? Oh, you can put it on this. That's why I put it there. I'll have two shrimps of mine and a little bit of milk. What can oh. I say? Excited about coming here, Anne. I was up early. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad. I, you know, you should be excited about coming here. I think and, to and see wait. us. To well, see us. You know, uh, <laughs> Mr. Passes is much better because uh, when all that stuff went down in Lawrence, which was in the middle of the night at his time, he jumped yeah. right on it. <laughs> he was oh. off. <laughs> So uh, he's not the only uh, Dylan's not yeah, the I mean, only one that goes to social media. Isn't it unusual that these days uh, it's the first thing we reach for? Um, I I woken up in the middle of the night. I needed the bathroom, and I posted it on Facebook. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, we wouldn't want to miss a moment. <laughs> and you look at your social media feed. Isn't your computer computer shut off? His phone, his smartphone. So he takes phone. his phone and no, he's by the side of the bed. And I glanced at it. Of course, it, it is. When it, when it came back, I uh, looked at the clock on the phone to uh-huh. see what time it was. And which was the time, Steve? Three nineteen. <laughs> oh my God, three nineteen. And Ron had posted something about uh, just a couple of lines that said. Yep. Um, my heart or thoughts are with the people of Lawrence and North Andover. And Andover. And, of course, these are places that, although I live a long way away, I know, and I know people from there. So immediately uh-huh. I was concerned and wanted to find out what So happened. you do have a heart. Apparently. Yeah, yeah somewhere. Somewhere. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I, I was... Uh... You'd have seen... You'd have seen a, Social media post of mine, which is very rare because um, the place is not today. If you're supposed to follow me on Facebook, like you, you, you posted something on Facebook, yeah, really. Yeah. Dylan clicked like it 27 minutes well, later. Clicks, like <laughs> <laughs> clicks on like before you even post it. <laughs> so, I mean, you guys are over here. It, it, <coughs> And, and yeah. most most people don't realize what okay. people, what <laughs> this is true, but that's another point. Okay, I'm All sure right. Trump cares. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. he's been he, waiting for Steve to get. Yeah, we've got we've got we've brought Ron a key ring, a President Trump 
key ring. Yes, you did. Which we won't discuss on the air. Moon Royal one is. The boys chose that for you. It sounds like something the boys would do. <laughs> Somebody with a, you know, year old mind uh, would pick something that out. Is my poor wife bringing me my tea because she's got bad back because she made your beds for you? Oh, oh, I know, Steve. I liked your post. Actually, I loved your post today, Steve. About uh, your, and your anniversary. Every word was meant, and the reason why. Yeah, I don't. I don't live my life on social media, and I, I, I'm not one of these who likes to share your heart. family stuff and heart stuff share and private heart. stuff. Put it right on. And so when I do that, Cat would know that it takes a lot for me to actually even do it. Aww. So, but yeah, she's she's fantastic, and we've we've had tankies and some days. And nothing, nothing went wrong after last night's show that I'm aware of because everything is fine. Oh, now he's bragging. Uh, I'm referring to we yeah. got on fine after you bugged off. <laughs> yeah, that, that's good. So, anyways, you guys are over here. Uh, that most people don't realize. Oh, okay. Yeah, Ron and I. Ron and I. We already our, did that. Ron and I had our first fight over. That similar comment last year on we our did. way to East Bridgewater. We did. Ron was feeling. You remember, Anne? Ron was feeling really poorly last year. Me? No. Uh huh. Yeah. And we'd driven. We were running late, and Ron was poorly, and Ron was getting more and more worked up. Uh-uh. And by the time we we got through Boston, this is exciting. Which was horrendous. Yes, that's for damn sure. Always. <laughs> we had about 15 minutes to get to the studio, and I said, it'll be fine. Anne's there. Russ is there. They all know what they're doing. They can get by without it. Wait, it's my show. I said, look, it's a two-bit television show. You Whoa! Don't oh, wait, now. Hold on. Kill yourself about it, because in the in the grand scheme of things, <laughs> you know, it's it's it's... There are, I've got the stats for one of the talks, there are about 27,000 ghost hunters in the USA. Yeah. So okay. it is, in the grand scheme of things, and it wasn't so wait, worth... Wait, 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 Steve. What makes so you we think... So we had a fight in the car. Wait, all right. What makes you think people tune in to hear about ghosts? Wasn't this two years ago? I think this was two years ago. That was last. Was it last year? It was last year. You, but it was was it last year? Oh, yeah, he was feeling like crap last year. Okay. He's meant to ground him at Spirit Quest. Yes. That's true. Yeah. So, okay. what was the point of that? I don't know. About the all care. Because one of the things that has been... I've been doing some studies uh, uh, recently... For a paper for university? For some, uh, for some presentations that relate to the numbers of people who are into the paranormal. Uh-huh. Because we get this idea that there are... Because it's based on our social media feed, we tend to gravitate towards people who are doing similar things. Really? And so we have this uh, skewed social media outlook on life where 90% of the media feed on my social media relates to the paranormal. Yes. But that's not the big world. No. And when you actually crunch the numbers about how many people are out there doing it, the numbers are far smaller than we imagine. No, do I care? About crunching the numbers and how many people that imagine. Yes, you do. 
You're always telling me how many people download our show. Well, that's easy because that's what it is. Uh-huh. It's like they tune in to see the paranormal. So you do care. There's Chronicles Next Generation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just want to hear They just want to hear Ann's laugh. They just love That's right. My cackle. And the teller of Curious Tales laugh. But that's on. He's got got a groupie. That's true. Apparently, he does have a groupie. A groupie? He is, yes. (laughs) People don't realize that, do they? She doesn't know. A groupie does. (laughs) Yes. I have somebody who was, I think, a bit uh, enamored by me. Yeah, she wants to have his baby. (laughs) So enamored that when Dylan, when I took Dylan to the uh, radio studio to do the show, uh-huh. And introduced her and said, unfortunately, the teller of Curious Sales can't be here tonight. He, he had to cancel at the last minute. Um, and she'd already been introduced to Dylan. <laughs> she was very upset. She was. She was crestfallen. She was. <laughs> really? And she didn't actually recognise the voice of being, you know, somebody she was talking to outside the studio with the teller of Curious Tales. Oh, so my God. Crestfallen, what does that mean? Disappointed. Oh, okay. <laughs> Explain it to him. Explain it. So, anyways, before Steve went off on a tangent, mm-hmm. I, I wanted to talk about uh, people don't realize, or do they care? Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> okay. Of International. Or do they? Or do they? Right. So, anyways, it's the same. People don't realize what Dylan and, and Steve had to go through to get here. I mean, Seriously, uh, this year they were lucky enough to stay in the London before they departed. But uh, for the last few years, Steve, it, what's a little bit like? How how's your journey over here? Well, because I live so far away from London, uh, where where you have to get the plane from, it takes me getting here is a bit quicker because <laughs> hill, it's downhill. Um, but because of the time differences and the travel and the way that the connections all don't join up, it's a 32-hour journey to get back to West Wales. 32 oh hours of his life he'll never get back. And that's something horrendous, equally horrendous. Do you really, do Yes, yeah. He'll land in London um, at 9 in the morning, and it'll be over 12 hours later before he gets up. Yes. Wow. And, and not- that's not discounting the flight as yeah. well. Oh yeah, so it's it's going to be a long a long journey going back home. That's what mm. they look it for. <laughs> <laughs> this is no. true. You this can't is true. The show, oh yeah, but in the economy, mm. it's not free flowing. No, no, I bet. Oh. That's a shame. It doesn't uh, fly much, you know. Uh, Dylan, blessing. Was it last week? Last week, British Airways sent an email to both of us. Um, ahead of our departure. In fairness, it was a badly worded email. It doesn't matter. It was still hilariously <laughs> funny. Wow. And Dylan then phoned me. Because uh, in the email, one of the things it says is, book a meal. Yeah. Um, I thought, well, that's a bit odd, because surely you get a meal. Yeah, but alongside, it was an explanation if you have special dietary requirements or are vegetarian. It was in the next sentence, but the button. Do you know how many emails I have to sift through at work? <laughs> phones me and says, do you take sandwiches on the plane? Or, <laughs> what are you talking about? Well, are you going to buy a meal on the plane or are you going to make sandwiches? And I'm still not quite getting what he's talking about. 
And I said, you're not going to get sandwiches past security anyway. No. <laughs> a lot of flights nowadays, you get um, a lot of the budget airlines and so on. They, they say, right, you, you can choose to have a meal or not. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I don't know. No, um, they are not. <laughs> so it's like, well, once you pass security, you've got all the shops in the airport where you can buy food. Right. And, and usually you can take that on planes. Obviously, you can't take it into another country, but you can eat it on the plane. You Correct, know? yeah. And that you've consumed it is smuggling it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the way it's going to come out is going to be completely different. Nobody's going to want to eat it. Um, <laughs> so it's like that's what I thought. I was like, the email I thought was badly worded. Mm-hmm. It gave me a head scratching. <laughs> Don't laugh, but there was this uh, woman that came into Boston, and. Uh, they gave her an apple or something on the plane, or she had an apple. I don't know how the apple, but it was an apple. Mm-hmm. And uh, she didn't want to eat it on a plane, so she took it off the plane. And Threw it in her purse, I'm sure. And they nailed her. Oh, you're not allowed to bring food. Right. They absolutely nailed her on it. And this is an apple she had gotten on the plane. You, but can, yet- you can get bring Toblerone, is it? What? <laughs> you, you, have you never encountered a Toblerone? A what? A Toblerone. It's the most dangerous chocolate bar it's in the world. Candy. Yeah. Oh, those things. He says Toblerone. So that accent. I think. Yeah. Toblerone. Yeah. I'll say it. I'll say it in New England ease for you. Toblerone. Okay, okay I got it. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. You okay. only ever see them at airports. No, we have them here. You only ever see them at airports in Britain. Okay. It's one of those things that are peculiar. Nobody eats them here. Nobody, Nobody likes them. eats them in Britain either. So what the hell? <laughs> Well, we were, we were going around the airport yesterday laughing at this huge display of Toblerone. Yeah. <laughs> and British Airways gave us a nice meal, and then they gave us a Magnum ice cream. Yes. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. On the great. stick? On yeah. the stick. Wow. It was a mini one. Was, oh, it was a mini one. It was a mini that, one. But, but it was, was it the dark chocolate or, or the lighter chocolate? No, just the milk chocolate. The milk chocolate. Well, I like the dark chocolate better. Oh. There's less but, cholesterol in the dark. Well, anyway. Did you ever have the Magnum ones? The, um, the, the chocolate, it's so thick on yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, then a little later on, they came around with a light sandwich, and mm-hmm. in the box with the light sandwich was a Toblerone. Oh. <laughs> the light sandwich was very light. Very, very light. They were like fingers of cucumber. Bread. It was like a oh, little piece chicken. of lettuce. Chicken and lettuce, it was. Yeah, it was lettuce. about one inch wide. By about three inches long. Uh, it. <laughs> Might as well have done it. <laughs> it would be a what bite. The size of a Kit Kat. Oh, no. Uh, a Kit Kat. Kit Kat car. <laughs> Your car. I brought Kit Kats for them all. They're in the glove box of Kat's car. Well, we're not going to get them. Uh, too late now. Yeah, anyway. So, British Kit Kats. Not that American one. With fake chocolate. <laughs> Are you done? I'm right, though, aren't I? Well, there's silence. He must be done. I'm right, though, aren't I? American chocolate is not as good as Cadbury. Uh, and Cadbury nearly got ruined when Hershey uh, bought it. But we rebelled. And I think there's better right. chocolate than Cadbury. Not yeah, I do, too. Yeah. yeah. I don't disagree uh-huh. with that. Absolutely. Well. Wow. So what's your point, then? American chocolate's rubbish. Whoa. But Steve, it's all we've got. Address all emails to Steve Parsons. All we've got. We don't 
We don't know any better. Between us both, and there are many, many similarities, the one thing that the British cannot forgive the Americans for mm-hmm. is American cheese. Oh, the plastic stuff. Yeah, we can't figure out, I mean, or cheese substitute. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like... Eating plastic. Cheese is a staple food. It is the simplest <clears throat> food in the world to make. make. Yeah. And the Americans made a substitute in artificial cheese. That's right. All due to the space program. we got to find stuff to send to the moon that will last forever. Look at Twinkies. Oh, it lasts forever. Twinkies last forever. Ooh. Through um, the Ice Age. <laughs> yeah, we've got uh, we've got some Ghostbusters Twinkies, and they're probably about three or four years old. No. That's frightening. Can I just say that the British love their tea, and we've just travelled three and a half thousand miles to have a wonderful cup of tea made. Oh. <laughs> There's some clicking of light going on here, isn't there? I was waiting for the punchline. I'm sure he's going to say, and we came up 3,000 miles to taste this rubbish. No, this is one of the best cups of tea I've ever had. That's wonderful. That's because Jan made it with love. Yeah, through my recipe. Through your recipe? For, yeah. There's a recipe for tea? Of course there is. Really? Don't laugh. My, my, my sister-in-law, <laughs> Steve, is in shock. <laughs> It's true, we just clicked like on a cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> tea is tea. Tea is tea. You pour the hot water oh, over no, the tea no, bag no. and it's tea. I'll tell you that. Oh, no, no. It was a perfectly good cup of tea. It was lovely. Still is. I'm drinking. Lovely. I've had equally perfectly good cups of tea in lots of other places. So there you go. Lots of other places. I'll tell you. What was it? Where did they do the fish and chips in the newspaper with uh, the Browns? Uh, some. That was that was funny because the Americans. That was smashing. I take this idea of fish and chips in newspaper, right? And uh, beer battered cod. Ooh, right, okay. And then they said to us, "Well, you're British. Can you mark it?" And we we're like, "That's not how we do it back home." Because have you told them that we no longer have we fish and chips wrapped in newspaper? No, we're not doing that. Health and safety. Thirty years ago. Yeah. Well, I would hope so. No, why not? It's a good way to get rid. What do you think they would call fish rags for? Fish wrappers. Newspapers. Yeah. Uh, newspaper. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, don't want news, I don't want newsprint on my I'm fish. Sorry. Thanks. No, but they, we still use the outer. It the, kills the germs. We still use the news. The news. Because uh, the alcohol. The outer wrappers. But yeah. The, the, the um, inner ones are more sanitary. Yeah. yeah. And we use newspapers. We keep them because they're fantastic. You know, the, uh, that greasy smear that you get on the inside of car windshields. Mm-hmm. Newspaper and white vinegar. Ah, yeah. You know, I knew about that, about the newspaper, because my husband used to do that little trick. Yeah, me too. I used to do it when I was a houseboy cleaning windows. We have to clean our own windows in the UK. Yeah. (laughs) I was hired to. We have to clean our own in the UK. We don't have air conditioning and we don't have... You are a backward third-rate country. We are. Don't worry, Trump, but, Trump will bring you into the 21st century. 20, 29th of March, 2019, <clears throat> on the Friday at yep. 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Yep. When we exit Europe, give us, a, give us a year or two just to sort ourselves out, and we'll be empire building again. I like that. <laughs> Sun sets on the British Empire. Yeah. All right. We'll back here. We'll get America back. Right. Oh, good. Good, good. We'll just push Can't down. Can't muck it up any more than this. Push down from Canada. That's true. Yeah. yeah. That's true.
Yeah. Yep. Like we did last if, time. If Quebec doesn't secede. <laughs> we'll just send the army up the cliffs. We've done it. We know how to do it. I mean, how to do yeah, it. You, you watch the Romans? We've practiced. <laughs> we've practiced. Yeah. Anyways, uh, I forgot the hell we talked about. White, we'll have to change the color of the White House again. Yes. <laughs> it's all right. No one's listening at this point, anyways. Fuchsia. Fuchsia. The Fuchsia House. <laughs> anyway. All right. So uh, you guys are here to do uh, yeah. a bunch of cool stuff with me and the rest of the boys. And girls. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. There, goes. there he goes. Forgetting me again. There's people with rifles now, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they are. Hey, speaking of all that, I just got my NRA sticker, so I'm happy. Congratulations. <laughs> you put it with your clue clock to count hat over there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're not supposed to tell anybody about that. Did you know the KKK uniform is actually a ghost? Yeah. I know. Isn't it cool? Yeah. Uh, cool. We know. Just stop. Don't even go down that path. Now oh, people yeah. are going to be boycotting Ghost Chronicles Next Generation oh, saying <laughs> that we're affiliated with the Ku Klux Klan. We are not, and we don't endorse it in any way. Right. All right? Don't listen to anything that this man says. He's a ghost. Right. Yeah. Right. Because it was designed to frighten us right. Okay. Who should we endorse next to Nazis? Yeah, right? Okay. No, we don't do that stuff. You know we're non we're non-political here. I don't think Ghost Chronicles. Be on, and we've had this on next year on, on international. I know. We well, can't get away with the stuff that we did on yeah, international. But we, we shouldn't be afraid of talking about subjects. Yeah, but we can't do it on this one. Anne's here. Right. That's right. She, she, she controls things. Oh, I do? Really? No. But I just uh, make he just likes to say that, and then and he ignores, and then he ignores me. So we should learn the lessons of the past and not be so frightened. Evidently, the show is really good because Dylan's here looking at his watch. <laughs> <laughs> How soon can I go to my hotel room and have some gin? <laughs> no, oh no, no, that's not true. I just took them to the grocery store, mm-hmm. and they came back with no liquor at all. And we went by a liquor store as well. You and- know. Boys, that's a sin. What is I wrong? What's going on? I think that teetotal is now. Anyways, we have to take a break. No. The tunes are on, so there you Already? go. Oh, yeah. Okay. You're listening to uh, go. You know, probably no one's listening now, but no. you, know, you might be listening to if by accident to Ghost Chronicles <laughs> Next Generation. We'll be right back after the following messages. Harry Price, I am speaking to you via the medium of the Ghost Box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Para-X Radio, The Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing, although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. The other is Stephen Parsons, and he's a paranormal scientist. Well, mustache, I'm required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. Steve Parsons here looking for sea monsters in Tenby, West Wales. 
and I'll be over in New England looking for your sea monsters this coming fall. Join me, Ron Kolek, and a host of others at Spirit Quest 2018. We'll see you there. And welcome back to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with the the blonde bombshell, Dylan Jones, and Steve Parsons from the UK. Soon to be heading back. What about me? Oh, and Ron Kolek, too. (laughs) See, I told you, never mess with her. She she was like, oh, whatever. Anyways. So we are here, you guys are here for do a bunch of stuff, but one of the things you will, we, we, we all will be doing, yes, including the blonde bombshell, will be spirit. Oh, why, thank you. This coming weekend. Anne has been working very hard on her Zen. Cairns. Rocks. Rocks. Um, rocks. Rocks. Yeah, rocks. Is that what they call them? Just rocks. Rocks. Call them what my husband calls them. Rocks. 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 They're holy stones. Rocks. And so I'm doing her Zen rocks, and Roxy <laughs> is there. Ironic. Stuff. And Jeff Belanger, and uh, we're the Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> Dylan Jones is there as well. Yeah. A live teller of curious tales. How's this going to work? I'm excited about I'm not this. Telling you. Really? Yep. Secret. It's a surprise. The teller of curious tales has to be mysterious. He is way beyond mysterious. So, anyways, so yeah, that's this weekend. It's kind of cool. We yeah, we've got topics like UFOs, Loch Ness monster, uh, time slips. Oh God! Um, what? Aliens. Crystal skulls. Oh, is that covered by UFOs? No, crystal skulls. That could have been. It got could, bumped. Could have been. Might have been. Might have got the science museum would let me. Still, let me take it. Yeah, I know. Get bumped. I lost to the old coop. <laughs> the old coop. <laughs> I did. Josh Mantello be there doing the legend uh, in search of the old coop, which is a cool story. Uh, it's uh, I, I can't really go through it, but uh, Josh will well, ruin it. What's that? He'll ruin it. You can't do it now. No, I can't. And, and Anne's doing this this crazy thing, which is uh, psychometry of uh, gravestones. Of, Gravestones, which is kind of bizarre. Search of the missing epitaph. As a matter of fact, I was working on it this evening. You're going to love it. Last minute. Last minute. No, I'm finishing up last minute details. Oh, okay. It's done, baby. Really? Mm-hmm. Stick the fork in it. That's right. Anyway, so that's that. Uh, we also have, uh, oh, Thomas D'Agostino, Abandoned Villages. And, and uh, yeah, that's kind of cool. Because there's a lot of them. Most people don't know that. Dylan wants his book signed by Thomas. Oh, uh, yeah. He'll do that. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. He might have his other He'll probably bring some, too, some, some of the newer ones. Good stuff. Yeah. And, and Steve will he'll be bringing uh, his uh, new... Uh, Psychic Psychical Research. The SPR uh, catalog, or whatever it is. Um, how to... Uh, what is it? <laughs> Society, the Society for Psychical Research, founded in London, eighteen eighty-two. 
<laughs> the world's foremost paranormal. I know, I was around. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they have recently uh, published a set of guidance notes for spontaneous case investigators, which is the way of saying people who hunt for ghosts, apparitions, poltergeists, and similar phenomena. And Let me interrupt you there. I have to admit one thing. The British about, does better than anyone. They take a really boring subject and make it so interesting by making it like it's really classy. Uh, well, the people have been taking it seriously for several hundred years. Yeah, I know. I mean, but the way you said that, spontaneous cases, I mean, we'd say, like, ghost hunting or well, no, paranormal investigation. That's not just what, what spontaneous cases are. No, no? No, spontaneous means they are spontaneous by their nature and actually covers a range of Different phenomena, including ESP and telepathy and psychokinesis. Cool, ghost again. But. Stop, please. But um, they define uh, the, these are guidance for people who investigate the, those spontaneous cases, which are apparitions, hauntings, altergeist, and similar phenomena. <clears throat> and it's taken a great, it's taken them two years to put this publication together. Mm hmm. And it's you know condenses 140 years of resources, and it's a fantastic resource. And we've got been able to ferret some across the Atlantic. D Dylan, you actually read it, right? Yeah, I've read it. And what what is your thoughts on it? Um, it's a very well written piece. It's concise. It's got all the information that anybody's going to need. Um, and it, it, it's it's taken the previous. Uh, Volume which was what well, that was about 20 years, 1996. yeah, 1996. Um, so it's been updated, so it's made it more relevant. Um, it's been entirely rewritten, yeah. Um, and it, it's, it's, a, it's a living document, it's going to be something that you're yes, it, it's, it's going to be, yeah, there's uh, special ways of doing printing, and so the, the book itself won't go out of date anymore. Oh, that's cool. So, what was the when was the original guidance notes? 1955. 55. So first, how many incarnations have there been? It was 55. The new edition was 1968. Oh. There was a, a small um, booklet issued in 1996 and mm. then 2018. Wow. Because for That's a long a widespread. Time, well, for a long time, of course, not much changed in terms of technology and in terms of approach. But it became very apparent that we've gone through a huge technological revolution, but much more importantly and more interestingly, society has gone through... I mean, in the 1970s and 1980s, it wasn't considered to be in any way unusual for two adult male investigators to spend time in the bedroom with sleeping children at Enfield, the Enfield Pottergeist. True, true. Mm -hmm. and nowadays, that would be... Very bad. Very bad. And you would, you know, you would... You'd probably be arrested. I mean, it would rank alongside being a member of the KKK. Oh, right. right. Um, there you I, go. You would have to... They needed to be addressed. Mm -hmm. And so they have been uh, reworked. And it's... It's available now. So who do you recommend get this book? Anybody who's interested in investigating the paranormal, if you are a seasoned investigator who's been doing it 30 years, you will find stuff in here that's useful. If you are just interested in reading about, you know, ghosts and hauntings, there will be lots in there. There are lots of people who ask, 
you, you watch the TV shows and you, you have questions, this book will answer the questions. Ah, very good. Beautiful. I've got to say that, and it's not written in any sort of, well, yeah, yeah, well what I would say is that it's, it's a book that anybody of any level can pick up. So I could read it. Yeah. It's for the common man. It's for everybody. The Silverton. Beautiful. Me. Oh, I wouldn't say that. It was, it, was, it, was, it was written uh, to be in, in a way that was designed and it took a great deal of uh, work to, in the language and the construction of the book to make it in, use inclusive text. It was designed to be inclusive across a broad spectrum and it took a great deal of work to um, make it so. So this was first published in 1955? Uh, no. There have been four. They, they're called editions. They're actually four entirely separate books. Right, but the first edition the first was, was 1955. So that there was what there was Harry Price's, of course. So this is what I was going to ask you. So the 1955 edition was that building on uh, Harry Price's no. Blue Book? No, uh, they Price was not a member of the Society of Psychology. Oh, I didn't say that just because he wasn't a member. That when, he, he <laughs> when he built on it, <laughs> and the the Blue Book, which was published in 1938. Right. was only published to those uh, people who were involved in the bullying investigation and was private and marked private and confidential and was never circulated to the public, was never intended to be. We should have done that. Although so Harry rough. Price later decided to include the full text of it as an appendix in his book, The Most Haunted House in England. Really? Do I have that book? You should have. Okay. <laughs> for any level of investigator. Uh, no, seriously. Uh, yeah, he, yeah. he included all of the instructions. Now, in 1955, the Society for Psychical Research, which was working on cases long before Price and long after Price, published its own set of guidance, which were a small, thin, eight-page, ten-page volume um, mm. mm-hmm. of how to approach these cases. In '68, it was decided to it, to rework it, to uh, take account of new technology. Uh, 96, they, they put out a very short eight-page book, which was really, it was more of a, a list of questions that you might ask, it's a questionnaire and a tick box, um, because that was the way they were moving, you know, we were moving towards a tick box culture. Right. And then in 2018, it was decided to, or 2016, it was decided this needed to be looked at. So Harry Price, the SBI was already around. Harry Price, of course, did the National Laboratory there, whatever he called Price it. Price joined the SPR originally. Oh, that's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. Then, How, why didn't uh, he work with the SBI instead of firing it? He, he did work with But him. he started his own organization. He start his, because he wanted the freedom to be able to set up laboratories and to, to do things beyond the scope of the, of the SBR. And there was some, there was some clashes, personality and, and procedural. No, really. And so he formed the National Laboratory for Psychical Research. And then there were some powerful. Although there were many members of both, who were there were many people who were members of both. But the Society for Psychical Research was predominantly academic uh, only, whereas the NLPR was more. Uh, there was an academic strands of what they were doing, but they also conducted very many more investigations and tests of mediums and 
phenomenon. Now, so I think Price found the SPR limiting to what he wanted to Well, is that because, I mean, Harry Price pretty much agreed with me and that uh, he... Well, you asked him. Yeah, probably. I told you I've been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. So, and that he believed that the media should be involved in what he did. Did the SPR shut away from that? Is that one, no, of, the, no, one no, of the things? No. Um, no. What Price wanted... It wasn't to work with the media. What Price wanted was the academics, the universities, the Ivory Tower, the Red Brick, the Ivy League, to yeah, the elite, the elite to take the yeah. subject seriously and realise that real things were taking place and people were having experiences. And these scientists, these academics, needed this needed study. So why did he work so closely with the press? And he did because he one of the one of the ways he did this. Uh, he approached the, the universities. He offered them money. He offered them uh, resources. He offered them his library. He offered them a um, grant to fund a, a chair, and they turned him down. They, they, so what he what he then turned to do was get the weight of public opinion on his side, and so he he realised to do that you work with the media and build a wave of public interest. And by that means, the academics could see that there was a reality to this, that there was an interest in it, and that they needed to... And and the public were asking, well, why aren't the universities studying this? Why isn't this? So universities were being made uncomfortable. (laughs) He was garnering public support for his crusade to get... So, Dylan, you, you worked with the media and worked mm. in the media, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, did you, how, what was the, the attitude of the media towards the paranormal? Did, did you feel anything or like? I think they, they approach it in a number of ways. Firstly, at certain times of the year, it's a great way to sell. Oh, Latin. Halloween, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's great. You, oh, yes, of you course. You some reporters, I think, who have a genuine interest in what's going on. Uh, and they can be very helpful towards you. Um, there are others who just adopt the sensationalist approach. Um, and, of course, now with the way that the media landscape has changed, more television channels, you will get the programming that will, you know, Most Haunted, Ghost Adventures and all those, that will cater for that need. But ultimately, they have a master, and that's the channel that they're broadcasting on. Um, so they need to make sure that people watch it. But isn't the channel of the public then the masters in terms of the advertising? Yeah, you can look at it that way. Because, yeah. I mean, Most Haunted existed because, and still exists, because the channel is popular. It sells advertising revenue. Mm-hmm. It, get, oh, it, it gets a, it gains a lot of advertising. And the more popular a show, the more the, the price of the how much is it to advertise in Super Bowl? Too much, exactly. right? Exactly, small country. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's a soap opera, yeah. The soap opera is is it an advertising medium? Mm-hmm. And, you, and you look at the way that the, the television shows are produced, you know, there is a formula oh, to each show, yeah, because um, they know exactly what they need to do. There's, there's a, there's, a, there's a sense of jeopardy, <laughs> but you've got a certain time scale in which things have got to be sorted out and solved, right. and then culminates with a wonderful reveal at the end of it. So you feel like you're getting this reality 
brought into your home. But it really isn't, in a way, a lot of ways. Well, that's part of the problem. Yeah. You can see the formula on every reality show, from Ice Road <clears throat> Truckers yeah. through to all of the ghost hunting yeah. programmes. Yeah, uh, you always know when the commercials come up because somebody's going to go, "Oh yeah. my God, what's that?" Right. <laughs> As the mega ship nears, nears the port, the wind is gusting, and the captain knows that if he doesn't get this giant ship through that gap, it's going to be. Gonna... And then straight after the ad break, Adverts. straight after the ad break, then they recap exactly what they oh, said. No, what so is that? They must think that the people have got a very short memory. Yeah. Or their attention span is that bad? They've got to tell it all over again. That's right. Just yeah, takes up much, more time. Yeah, and how much of the shows are wasted on, on the retelling of the same thing after the break? Oh, yeah. my God. I can't even – they're all like that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just a matter of filling up more time. So look at the let's Democrat. take another two minutes to recap what we just showed to you Discovery Channel and two minutes ago. They do it. So what's their demographic? Yeah. It used to be that those – well, it used to be that Discovery and Nat Geo were set themselves up as highbrow documentaries. Exactly, yeah. With Quest being the next tier down. Yeah. The more popular. Which is, you know, like PBS and, and I they had TLC, the learning channel for the younger generations. But now they're all doing this sort of. But even, even when, you, when you're taught about making a documentary, you were still told you are a storyteller. You right. were telling a story. Mm-hmm. So you still have to structure it in a way in which the viewer is going to engage with it <laughs> and stick with it. And how many times in ice road truckers you have to sit through the same animated <laughs> sequence of the truck crashing through the ice? Right. Yeah. And How much ice must die? <clears throat> and at the end of the series, how many truckers are left? Exactly the same number. None of them have fell through the ice. Yeah. That's right. They all made it across. Sort of like uh, Midsummer's Murders, no matter how many they kill off, they're still... Ice World Truckers with a salt spreader. That would be entertaining. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wait a minute. There's a bit of jeopardy for you. If you you run ahead of them with with a salt spreader. Yes. Yeah. Right. I want to throw in here. Let me jump in. Okay. If you're looking for Steve Parsons... Uh, newest book, I have put the link up on our Ghost Chronicles Next Generation page, because it's currently only available direct from the SPR. Amazon is coming soon. So the link is on our Ghost Chronicles Next Generation Facebook page. Okay. Um, there is a small, there is a very small number available to Spirit Quest. Very small. Because uh-huh. that, was all, that was all we could smuggle out. <laughs> <laughs> smuggle into the country. <laughs> well, have to buy it first and get an autograph. And we love the Donald carrier bag. So I, I want to go back to the television thing. And, and Steve, you've done many television shows. I've done few. And Dylan, you're in the television. So it, I don't know, have you done any television shows? Or? I've made, I've produced documentaries, but they're, right. they're online. Okay. So when you're working with these television shows, is it difficult in other words, what you're producing, is it real or is it more produced? With a documentary for, say, National Geographic or, or even In Search Of, yeah. you, you have a very limited um, time. The program might last 30 minutes or an hour or, right. or you might be a segment within it. You can't afford to wait for reality to do something. And what we do in paranormal documentary tends to be show and tell. So you are you are 
demonstrating good practice, you're demonstrating, but in order to show the entire process, you have to uh, you have to pre-stage things, or you have to arrange for things to happen. And, and I don't mean fake things, um, but if you want to see measurements of a sound or a, so, like, so you sometimes to, you're you're you driven by the up. cameras. You you have to no, you're change doing... some of your procedures because yeah. it is a visual well, media. So you have to show something more than just telling. You're, them. you're telling the story, but you 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 have to have a story has to have a beginning, a middle, and an end. And reality of ghost investigation or is that there is there may not be a middle or an end yet. We might have to wait a number of years. Um, or they may not have happened in the same place. So you have to bring them, condense them down into a, a package. Uh, yeah, because what people don't realise is that before you get to the point where the cameras are rolling, you have to go through an audition process to see who you're going to get in front of the camera. Because not everybody can function very well when a camera mm. is pointed at them. Oh, no. It's mm. not that at it. That's true. And it's the same on radio. You know, when I, when I was working on <coughs> the BBC... I was responsible for arranging guests to come on the show, whatever it was, whatever subject we were doing. So you would speak to them on the phone a couple of days before to gauge whether or not that person was actually going to be able to be a good interviewee. You know, that, that actually is mm-hmm. because uh, I've had guests on the show before that were like, oh, my God. But I've worked on ghost programs where the the ghost hunter is chosen purely on look on their looks. On the looks. Oh my! They are set. Then the the channel or the production company will will pay for them to go and have uh, lessons (laughs) in how to how to work and perform with the camera. Oh, okay. Uh huh. Hmm. Okay. yeah, I've actually seen that happen. And, and when you think about it, uh, you you know, I, I don't, I'm sure you do, but you get many, many requests from paranormal shows to to appear on them. And uh, you do get approached, yes. Yes. And, and sometimes they actually request you to do audition tapes. They don't anymore. Not now. No, that's good. <laughs> They'll take anyone? Uh, no, I mean, yes. In my situation, no, they don't. Um, mm-hmm. Because... They know what they're getting, or you know, they ask right. me if they want. There's to enough footage of you. Well, they already. know yeah. if they ask me, they're going to get something in, in particular. It might not be what they want, so they don't ask me. Mm. But yes, yes they, sure. they very much. Uh, in fact, there was a recent production where people were summoned down to London that I'm aware of, and they had to go and have a meeting down in London with the producers, and they were chosen on you know that meeting. It was an audition. Oh, cool. Uh, they didn't do anything. Ah. They had to have a meeting. And one of the things they're assessed on is looks. And then the other thing they're assessed on is the team dynamic in that you might be the better investigator, but you're male, and we've already got one male in a historian <laughs> role. And, and uh, yeah. Is that true, Yes. Yeah. yeah, very much so. They're going to look at who looks good on camera. That's right. People are going to be interested in watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, the reality team, TV comes on, they're going to think about all those who've already got a good social media following and we're going to draw in the viewers. Mm-hmm. So it, it's all a construct. It's you know? a visual media. Yep. 
That's how it goes. Since I also work in TV, Ron. Hello. What's that? I also work in TV. Yeah. Just saying. I, in fact, Annie's the only person who works in TV. <laughs> Dylan works in radio. I totally missed that, but that's all right. Whatever. Dylan works in radio. I'm a ah, okay. I thought I thought Dylan was on TV as well, but. He does. Uh, we're I've, we're got producer. Face, I've got the face for radio. You produce. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Dylan did produce. It was assistant producer for the BBC, right? I was a uh, yeah, but that was for radio. Oh, not TV. TV. BBC oh. Radio. Ooh. Oh, never mind. I, I'm, well, in, in I'm on TV. Ooh. I'm I'm the one that works in front of the camera. <laughs> Which is referred to in the media industry as the, the talent. talent. Yeah. The talent. Talented, you are the talent. Well, as as I like to, to consider you, you talented, basically. You know what? Maybe that's why I get so many requests from foreign countries to do shows, is because no, Amer- no American can. No, they don't know what you look I like. Stand me, so uh, I must. They have to dub me in, in no, Japanese or. This is true. This is true. <laughs> well, they figure I, I was might have been around when this ghost was uh, still alive. This is true. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, we have a new show. Unless Kolek means something in Japanese. Yeah, unless it could be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, pizza from the dead, just in the nick of time. Yes, 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 yes. Just in the nick of time. So, anyways, there's a show out here that's. That's doing a ripoff on uh, Most Haunted's uh, live. Yeah. They do a live ghost hunt every week now on uh, TV. It's the Tennessee Wraith Chasers. Uh-huh. It's all on Facebook Live now. No, no, this is on regular TV. Oh, I think it's Travel Channel or, or one of the we'll have to watch Discovery. It. Oh, no, you yeah. don't. No, you don't. Yeah. And you, yes, and you can go in and you can go in the chat room and, and, and tell. Tell the boys what to do. I was put, I was putting there something together for the talk, and I came across the Ghost Hunters in Maine. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah, this is another of these live Ghost Hunters in Maine. The Ghost Hunters of Maine. Wait till you see them. These are in the backwoods, kids. I want to see that. These that sounds good. Mm-hmm. Neck beards. <laughs> they got neck beards. Oh my! Oh. All right. At least they're not members of the Ku Klux Klan. That's, That's true. Right. Hmm. Yep. So, anyways, uh, we are running out of time. And, Thank God. No, not at all. It's, it's an American term. No, it isn't. It is. It's like a step down from redneck. And have you ever heard? Have you ever heard that term neckbeard? What does it say? Neckbeard. 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 I know what. I mean, I know what they're talking about. I don't hear it commonly referred to here. Nobody, but nobody uses know. that. Well. The two of us she, who work in television, then. No, no, no. She <laughs> says, no, no. She's never heard it given a call, but you know what you're talking about. Yeah. It's, yeah. 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 It's, you're not it's, neat and tidy. You just let that beard grow right down your neck and straight into your chest. You're the type of person that does it. Mm-hmm. Really? Apparently, they go home for ghosts in Maine. Yes. Uh, anyways, we have okay. to go. We, we got to go. Time. We do. Anyways. Uh, spirit quest. Bring, they, bring your NRA certificates. <laughs> <laughs> Will you give me a free Ku Klux Klan robe? Oh, God. So you can be the ghost and we can all chase you. <laughs> Anyways, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Good night and God bless. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening to our business. Good night.
From goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord. <laughs>